Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Speaker Podcast, it's your boy Sean. It's your boy G Downs. Hey, if you watch it, hit the subscribe button Please on do. YouTube. Always hit that subscribe button. If you listen on any of our audio platforms, Revolt, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcast, uh, G, whatever, make sure you subscribe to our channel, Bad Speakers Podcast. Also on Instagram, Bad Speakers Podcast. Twitter, Bad Speakers Podcast. Everything, Bad Speakers Podcast. Y'all already know. But we are here today with a special guest. Special guest, man. Um, if you don't know, this man is a producer, songwriter. He has wrote for some of your biggest artists out there. Um, also has produced for some of the biggest artists out there. Mm-hmm. Currently have a project out with uh, Big Gip. Yes, sir. Oh, goody mob. This man has worked with Fetty Wap, Youngberg, um, um, Black. Yeah, yeah. Um, who else we got? We're gonna get into them R and B. CeeLo Green. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> We're gonna get into that. Yeah, yeah. got it. CeeLo Green, Jay Holiday, mm-hmm. Corrupt, just to name a few. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? We got in here today, James Worthy. Yo, welcome, welcome, man? bro. What's up, man, bro? Thank y'all for having me. Man, no Finally arrived. Yes, Finally arrived, yes, man. <laughs> man. Appreciate you coming through, man. All um, up. We've been trying to get you in for about Three, about two or three months now, man. But yeah, yeah. you know we have other obligations with Revolt, man. So you know how that go. Um, so what we like to do here, I say this every episode, we like just honor our guests, mm-hmm. go you. through their careers. We ain't with that controversial stuff unless you go there, mm-hmm. you know. But we just want to talk about your career and the things you've done for hip hop sure. and just for the culture in general, man. Let's nice start love, off nice with you was born, I want to say, in Queens, New York. Yeah, Queens, New York. Yeah. Now, how, what was it like for you growing up in Queens, New York? And did you grow up with anybody else that was in the music at the time when you grew up there? Nah, um, I don't come from a musical family at all. Um, oh, wow. I mean, with the exception of my father, he he played drums and stuff like that. But, mm-hmm. you know, he wasn't really serious about it. But um, I kind of got my probably early music ear just from him and music always being in the house. Right. Like, like it was all genres in the house, like, you know, pop. Uh, house, dance, of course, hip hop, R and B. So you know, it's a lot of mixes of stuff going on. So I always felt like I turned into like a music nerd when I was yeah. young mm-hmm. because I was exposed to so much different style of music, gotcha. and I always wondered, like, okay, well, who did it? Right. So right, right. like, I remember I used to go to a record store every weekend to buy a new album I never heard just to read the credits. Mm. First album you remember buying? Um, a Tribe Called Quest, Midnight Marauders. Okay, which one do you think better, that or low-end theory? See, that's always a tough one. Which one better, man? We're going to go there. Yeah. What but you, but you know what? If you had to pick one, to listen if to If I had to pick one, it had to be Midnight Marauders then. Ooh. Okay. Because you know why I say that? Because Midnight Marauders and uh, Wu-Tang 
36 Chambers came out the same day. I didn't know that. Mm. Yeah. They both came out the same day. Wow. Okay. okay. And I bought both both albums. Which one you like better? Well, I, I connected more with Tribe oh, than, right. than, yeah, yeah, than yeah. Wu-Tang. I love Wu-Tang, but Tribe... Right. You know they from Queens, yeah. and yeah. and you know from the the vicinity that they were creating at, I, I was there. Right. Q tip, Q tip. Yeah, Q tip. He, he, he on my favorite one. producer. He on another one. You know? Yeah. Now, I, I, me personally, we just having the back and forth. Yeah. I, I like low end theory a little bit better. I just think low end theory musically, I thought it was better. Both of them classes now, but I just I don't know, man. Just was, I, I can see why you say that though. It was just put together a little bit better than Midnight. Marauders. And you know they infused the jazz element. In that album, yeah, like, you know what I'm saying, yeah. And, and I just thought it was dope, but um, Wu Tang Clan Thirteen Chambers also a classic. Also, yeah, man. I mean, look, it, they all classic. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? yeah. It's, it's hard for me to even choose, yeah. you know, because I, I I just love them. But yeah, Try was that was like the very very first. Yeah. yeah. So so you so no family like you say into music, but you just got into it just because it was around a lot. Yeah, like like I always been around just the art right you know what i mean like I, I was always around musicians i was always around like painters and drawers like you know anybody who did anything creatively right. in, in the arts i was around them and um at the time my father he did a lot of security work for for celebrities right um hmm. so that kind of gave me some some luxury to meet certain people when mm -hmm. i was young and and just kind of move around in that that circle and um i was just like man i want to be in entertainment you know what I mean? Whatever it was going to be, you know, at that time, I didn't really know. Right. But I knew that I wanted to do something Man, in entertainment. entertainment. Yeah. Did you did you ever want to, like, rap, sing, or was it always just more on the producing side? Like, man, like, I know the way me and this man grew up. <laughs> bro, his mama bought us, I don't know if you probably remember the little Blue Eye Kill machine. Yeah, yeah, And, yeah. man, we used to make beats. But we started wow. off wanting to be rappers, so I always wanted to know, like, when people finally get into music, like... Which one did you want to do first, or you just didn't, you just wanted to just be in there some kind of way? I think I just wanted to be be in it. Like I, I never really had a thing in my mind like I want I want to be a rapper uh -huh. or nothing like that. Like I just love music. Yeah, mm -hmm. and um, even me getting into the music, it started off songwriting first. Okay. So once I started doing that, that's when the production came after that because I felt like okay, well for me to even get my point across to anybody. That's gonna take me seriously. I need full records. Mm. You know who, what I mean? Who, what was the first big record you wrote for? Like where you just like, oh, it's it. Like the first major artist that you wrote a song for. Mm. Even before you start like producing. Well, see, the interesting thing is when I started getting to more mainstream acts, right. the the writing and the producing was already there, gotcha, like together. Gotcha. Okay, so okay, at okay. that point, like like, I was kind of like more advanced. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So it wasn't like, okay, I, I did some writing for somebody and then I got to brush up on the production. Like, I was already in, in both fields. Mm -hmm. But, um, man, uh, early on, man, I, I did stuff for like uh, Young Berg. I did a lot of mm -hmm. stuff for like Mike Jones, Paul mm -hmm. Wall. Uh, you Houston, I, huh? Yeah, like it, it was it was kind of yeah, weird Texas, too, like yeah. you know, coming from New York then yeah. going all the way to Houston. Right, right, right. Swisher House and all them. But um yeah, that that was just my thing. Like I've always been very cultural and um worldly. Gotcha. You know what I mean? So I never really wanted to put myself in a box musically, yeah. so I always wanted to work with all genres. 
mm-hmm. just different types of artists. So whether it was it was hip hop, then you know I would go to do pop stuff mm-hmm. and and house dance stuff, and you know. So I think that's that was like the industry kind of saw that and was like, okay, well he's he's versatile. Right. right, you know, so that kind of gave me a one up. Was the was the Texas market the first market that kind of like welcomed you in, seeing that you are from New York? Because I'm pretty sure you probably reached out to some New York artists. Yeah, but yeah. was like the Texas was they more welcoming than than even where you was from when you was trying to you know get yourself going? I mean, yeah, they they were, yeah. they were. Um, I, I I couldn't say they was more welcoming than New York. Right. I mean, but they they definitely showed me love. Yeah. Um, but then again, you know, I, I was young. Like, I mean, when I was doing that stuff, I was like 18, 17, 18. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you know, I, that's how I felt like I always had a one up and, and mm-hmm. the industry started because I was just so young moving around in all these different circles with these different styles of artists. And they're like, well, how's he doing it? Like, how's right, he right, getting right. in these rooms and stuff? But, you know, I always been a talker and yeah. I always been like, you know, a good picture like i know how to pitch my stuff yeah the right way and get in get in where i fit in type of thing so that's how i started now you went from queens new york Mm -hmm. and i think you moved to atlanta yeah you was a teenager at the time right i was okay what was the move like why did you move to atlanta and was the transition to atlanta look how did you feel about the culture when it came to new york moving to atlanta um it was different you know, the pace was different. Yeah. Um, How old were you? I was like 12. Mm. I was about 12, 13 when I initially came. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was kind of moving around a lot too, even before I officially right. came to Atlanta. Okay. But when I officially came, um, you know, I already had family here and, you know, all types of stuff going on. So um, it was different. You know, it was more slower pace than New York. Mm. And... Um, but I did feel that people were a little bit more accepting to... If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At participating McDonald's. Who, um, I guess, experimenting musically mm-hmm. yeah. than New York because it was kind of like, if it ain't grungy hardcore hip hop or or if it's like if it ain't super super sexy R&B yeah then they ain't really rocking with it too tough mm-hmm. got gotcha, you gotcha. you know so out here it was a little bit more inviting to you know spread your wings a little bit so what side of Atlanta did you move to west side uh, um i was on the east side Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, I was on the east side. Okay. Over yep. there with Gucci Man, huh? Okay. Yeah, 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 man. <laughs> Shout out to Gucci. Wow, okay, <laughs> yeah, man. You end up going to the Art Institute of Atlanta also. Yeah, yeah. Got your bachelor's in, I want to say, audio. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what was it? Audio production. Production. Yeah, right, yeah. Did you always want to go to college, or was that just something you felt like give you a better foot in the door when it came to music? You know, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I, I really wasn't a college person like that. Right. I really only went because, you know, my mom was real adamant about it. Um, and, and really both my parents. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, like, when it comes to entertainment and music, like, it's really hands-on. Like, it's really trial and error. It's It's a lot, like, you have to be in the field and you know, get experiences under your belt. And not to say that school doesn't help that, mm-hmm. but 
you you gotta you gotta get in the trenches with yeah. that. You know what I mean? Like you know, a class ain't really gone. It ain't gonna teach you everything, yeah, you know, right. and that's kind of how I felt about it. I'm like, man, I, I'm already getting placements. Like, I'm already, yeah. you know, I'm Almost on tour really, with certain artists and stuff. I'm like, really in though. I gotta much. come back and come to this class, and I already know half of this stuff, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I feel you. Man. So that was kind of my thing. I mean, you know, it wasn't it wasn't totally bad, but you know, if I had my way, it would have mm. been a little bit different. Gotcha. Mm, I feel you on that. So you came to prominence basically writing for Jay Holiday mm -hmm. at the time. What was it like working with him? Because Jay Dope. Holiday was really hot back, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, no, Jay Holiday had a run. Had a run. He had a run. Yeah. Um, Jay Holiday's cool, man. That's that's my guy. Um, okay. You know, me and him, we uh, we did a single together called Goldmine uh, that I dropped in um, 2020, I think. Okay. Uh, and this is like, like after COVID, like COVID had just hit. Mm -hmm. And, you know, everybody's trying to figure out what they're going to mm -hmm. do. And, mm -hmm. you know, my whole plans got wiped away for when that COVID hit. Like, yeah. I had just dropped my second EP. And, you know, I had a whole plan, a whole tour plan. Mm -hmm. And it was phew, gone. Just like so I had to figure it out. I'm like, well, I mean, I got to drop something. Yeah, I got to do something. So, you know, I called up uh, Jay one day and asked him if he wanted to be on his record. And you know that was the record that we did. You had a you had a relationship with him before y'all yeah. started working together. Yeah, we um, it's funny because we we always ran into each other mm -hmm. a lot, you know, mm -hmm. in in the past years. And um, I was really cool with his manager right back in the day. And um, you know, we was just all tight knit. So you know, we we was always cool. We had just never really sat down and and really really work work like that. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of stuff was just kind of in passing. So um, when we did Goldmine, uh, you know, that was really the kind of the first time we really sat and, and made something right. together. Okay. I feel you. I want to say 2019, you dropped your first EP, Blue Leisure. Yeah. Yeah. What was it like actually dropping your first project? And where was you when it first came out? That was dope because I remember... I was I was working on the EP at the time, and uh, I had met Ecstasy from Houdini. Um, I'm gonna get to that. You and um, yeah. at the time, I was I was working with a producer, and um, he had a relationship with Ecstasy's uh, girlfriend, and yeah. uh, she's a DJ as well. And uh, you know, he he pretty much was just telling her what we were working on together, mm -hmm. and they popped up to the studio one day. And um, I was working on the last record on the project, which was called Move. Okay. And he walked in and, and you know, he started bobbing his head. And, you know, it was more of an island feel right. type mm -hmm. of record. So he was bobbing his head and he was like, oh, I like this. So as soon as I finished laying down my parts, he pulled me to the side. He was like, hey, I want to get on this. And I'm like, what? Ecstasy. Yeah. Like, I, I would yeah. never think that he would like something like that. Mm -hmm. But literally, I wrote his verse with him on the spot, and he hopped on that record. Wow. And it became a James Worthy and Houdini record. Gotcha. Mm. Mm -hmm. So that that was the first single off that project. Mm -hmm. But even with that whole experience, like I got a chance to work with Tony Terry. I had a chance to work with uh, Diddy Dirty Money, mm -hmm. uh, Sona Relay. So it was for that to be the first initial project, project for people to hear from me as an artist. 
I thought that was pretty hot. Mm, I feel you. Like, so later on you end up dropping your sec- second EP, mm-hmm. Kaleidoscopes. Yeah. Do you feel like that, that one sonically was better than the first EP? Do you feel like you didn't top that first EP? Um, a lot of time that sophomore jinx come in, and a lot of artists don't <laughs> don't really yeah, do yeah, as yeah. well as that first record. How do you feel about it? I want to know what you feel. Um, I think with with the Kaleidoscope's EP, I think I was just in a different space with that one. Mm. Like I think uh, I was experimenting a little bit more with that one. I, I think Blue Legion was just more raw because that was my very very first one. Right. Right. But with Kaleidoscopes, I got a little bit more comfortable because literally I was actually on tour when I was getting ready to work on Kaleidoscopes. Like this was end of 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was in Italy at the time and I was oh, wow. I was sitting in Rome. I was sitting in this courtyard in Rome and uh, the Coliseum is like damn near right down the street. Mm-hmm. And and I'm I'm sitting in this courtyard and I see this guy above me. He's he's in this this um this little I guess it was a townhouse or something. And he had this big old uh, telescope that mm-hmm. he was looking out of to look at the Coliseum. Mm-hmm. And I kept thinking, I was like, so what's gonna be the theme of my next project? Right. And I'm like, kaleidoscopes because I'm giving people a different look into your music, my life, my music. Mm-hmm how I'm thinking right now, you know, that whole yeah. kind of thing. So that kind of what gave me the, the, the concept. Now, out of curiosity, let me go back a little bit. What made you name the first one Blue Leisure, though? So Blue Leisure is basically like, um, it's almost like, a, like a, a small soundtrack into where I was in life because, mm-hmm. and plus my favorite color is blue. Okay. So I'm big on energy. And I'm big on frequencies. Mm-hmm. So I always connected to blue in those aspects. Okay. Right. And then leisure, I felt like this was that project was like more so like a release for me mm-hmm. because I was going through a lot of stuff. Even um before I became a solo artist, I was in a group. And the group name? Uh the group was called King's X2. Okay. And um a lot of people don't even realize like when I was in that group. We put out one single, and that that one single uh, debuted at number ten on Billboard. Mm. Wow! That was the first time I was ever on a song. Period. Mm. What single was it? It was called "Wine for Me." Wine for Me. I'm gonna go, go check. That yeah, out. check it out. Yeah, <laughs> King's X Two Wine for Me. Okay. That's the first time I was ever on a record. Period. Ever. And Darn, and it, yeah. and we we did that high. So yeah. why why um, the I mean, not to cut you off? Why, yeah. Why the group break up? Um, you know, every group can like break every, up. Yeah, yeah, every everybody got they they thing. Um, and the the gentleman that I was in the group with, his name is International Nova, okay. my brother. We we great friends, right? Mm-hmm. But at the time, I think sometimes, uh, you know, when you especially when you're having that type of success out the gate, mm-hmm. like we didn't even expect that. But I think sometimes ego gets involved, and you know, sometimes other people get in your ear and they tell you stuff that really ain't true mm-hmm. and you just kind of roll with it instead of just kind of dealing with it right and we didn't really deal with it mm-hmm. so we kind of just disbanded it so there's two of y'all yeah it was just two of us wow 
But y'all still cool to this day, though. Yeah, I, I literally seen him the other day. That's like we family. <laughs> mm. Is he still doing rap, hip hop? So the funny part about that is he's from New York as well. Okay. He's from the Bronx. We both moved to Atlanta. Mm -hmm. So he was strictly New York hip hop, hip hop, rap, all that. Right. Now he's a Latin artist. Latin? Because he's Spanish. Okay, okay. So okay. now he's a total yeah. Latin artist. Yeah. So a totally different change. Well, that's that coach up there anyway. Yeah, yeah. So, and stuff. But he Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. He has great records. As, right, as a Latin artist, great records, dope records. And you know, I think you know we just had to grow and and go through our thing and find our way. You know what I mean? I, I found my lane. He found his lane, and we we kept going from there. Now, now, as a producer, I just want to ask you this question, man. Since we talking about genre, genres of music, yeah, do you think R and B is dead? Nah. Or, and do you think urban hip hop? Like, do you think urban music has just completely taken over? Because I'm, I'm just noticing, like, even even the shift in women, new artists is coming out. It's more rappers than R and B singers now. That's true, and it, and it, and it seemed like that genre mu music is kind of fading away. Yeah, you got the the SZA, the Summer Walkers. Yeah, uh, I can't pronounce the other girl name. What's what is it? J uh, uh, Big Sean. Oh, Janae Aiko. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, they they doing what they doing, but do you do you think it's like in the shadows of urban music right now? I don't think so. Like I. I mean, I've I always heard people say hip hop is dead and R and B is dead. Blah, blah. Yeah, I'm like, first of all, it can never be dead, right? Because it's just too much of it. Mm -hmm. I think it's just people are hearing the same old stuff mm -hmm. because it's programmed that way, instead of hearing the new new stuff that you got to search for. Yeah, mm. like it's there. Yeah. It's, it's just it's that there, it's just people don't really go to find it. Mm -hmm. Unless it's in your face, yeah, you know. But it's a process for it to be in your face, mm. and and everybody don't have that luxury of, you know, having that that push. Yeah, I, yeah. Quick question: How the hell did you get on the song with Johnny Blaze and Fetty Wap? That sounds like a hard. <laughs> what is that one and only, right? Yeah, yeah. How did that? Yeah, mesh together. Like, how did that happen? <laughs> well, shout out to Blaze, man. That's my homie. Yeah, that's yeah. my homegirl, man. Um, super talented. Like, she yeah. she crazy with it. Yeah. You th you think that you know because of her background, that kind of they try to put a cast I, a shadow I, over her because of that. I think so. Like, yeah. uh, you know, that's the, that's the sad part about it. like if you got a past and you know you've done stuff in the past, you know, but you're trying to turn over a new leaf, but for some reason they gonna they hold, hold that against you. you. Yeah. I, th I think I think K Michelle kind of fought through it. She found a way through to it a, a degree. Bit. Yeah, yeah, to a degree. But they like, still don't kind of keep her. Yeah, they still ain't really even Steven. They ain't let like, her just come through like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 unfortunate. Yeah. It really so is. I, so I, I think she's a I think she's a victim of that a yeah. little bit. Like I think they just hold all that that drama, you know, over her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and her music gets overshadowed a little bit because of that. So how did the song come about? Um, but really, like I met her years ago. Like mm -hmm. we we just always kind of been in the same circles, and we know a lot of the same people. And 
we used to work out at the same studios too. Mm -hmm. And uh, basically, um, she wanted me to produce for her. So um, really, we was just kind of going back and forth on ideas and records. Like I would send her something, she'll send me a demo, and like, oh, what you think about this? So we that's how we initially started. Mm -hmm. Then one day, um, I sent her a beat pack, and she hit me one day saying, "Hey, uh, my friend Freddie Wap want to get on this this track you sent me." I'm like, "Okay." So she sent it to him. He sent back his verse. She made it a whole record, and that's how it came about. I didn't. I didn't. I don't know Fetty Wap. I ain't never met Fetty Wap. Right. <laughs> Nothing, but yeah. she made that call, and right. but that's how we usually work. Like, I mean, we didn't. We done did a regular with Fetty. We done did a regular with Black Youngster. We done did regular with Day Day. Mm. We we did a lot of stuff. You you also I think work with one of my favorite, you know, and most. Um, how can I put this? You know, eccentric R and B artist ever, Bobby Brown. <laughs> man, I ain't know what you was about to you say. Know, Bobby Brown. Bobby, you know, Bobby Brown. go super yeah. left. Yeah. Yeah. Bobby Brown, you know, you, he's unpredictable, man. You yeah, know what yeah. That's Unk, man. How did That's you, how did that come about for you, man? Oh, man. Uh, where do I start? Um, so, in my early teens, this is like 15, 16, um, I had met his son, Bobby Brown Jr. Right. And um, at the time, we, we were really just Facebook friends. Mm -hmm. Like we, we somehow we stumbled across each other on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And um, he reached out to me one day. He said, hey, man, you know, I'm trying to do music. You know, I'm trying to figure out what my direction is going to be and, mm -hmm. you know, all that type of stuff. So um, at the time I was in the development stage. Mm -hmm. So me and him were just kind of like helping each other. Mm -hmm. with, with music and trying to figure out, you know, what our niche would be. And um, that's how I got a chance to meet his father mm. and, um, and the rest of the family. So, you know, his, his dad, his, his other brothers, mm -hmm. his cousins, sister, you know, all of that. So it was, it was kind of like a family thing. So, um, yeah, his, his dad is cool. Super cool. I, I always used to say he's, that man right there got to be the strongest man I've ever seen in my life. Like said, for all the stuff yeah. that he's endured, oh, yeah, yeah. he'll live two lives, man. Yeah. I mean, man, did you get it? Did you get a chance to meet Whitney? I did. Oh wow, man, I did. Whitney Houston, man, that, 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 that was that's, that was like auntie. Oh. <laughs> they can say what they want to about Bobby, man. He had Whitney and Janet, man. Can't tell that, yeah. man. Oh, yeah, he won. He won. No, he won. No, people, people, people don't realize. Bob was that guy. Was the guy, right? Right. right. <laughs> was Bobby that was guy. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say he was. Yo, Unc was that guy. Like I can't yeah. even. I can't take it away. Like I at that time when when he was at his height, yeah. I ain't never seen an album that had four hits. I think he had five, didn't he? Yeah. My, five. What what album was my prerogative? Right. Yeah. Don't be cruel. Yeah. Don't be don't be cruel. I meant. Yeah. My prerogative. Uh, he had five. Yeah. My prerogative. Yeah. Every little step. I tell he you. had Roni. Roni, yeah. Um, uh, what's the other joint? Um, uh, Rock With You. Rock With You. He, um, I think he had five, but that's my look. It's one other joint that I'm missing. Can't, I, 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 can't. I know that album sold like like 10 million yeah, or something yeah, like that. Crazy, was, crazy. You know, crazy. Give crazy. us a Bobby Brown story. I know you got one. So this is this is not a uh, it's not a pleasant story, but it, but it's an it's an important story. Okay. okay. Uh, so I remember 
at the time, I was working on this this mixtape with Bobby Jr. called Champagne Nightmares. Mm. And um, I pretty much produced half of the project uh, along with some other producers. And um, I got his dad to host the project. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, and, you know, this he want, they wanted to do the father-son thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, that'd be be dope. Like, mm. you know, the industry would love that, you know, mm. it's, especially with, with Bob. Like, he never did anything like that before, so mm. it was different. So um, they had just got to Atlanta because, um, you know, Bob, he was always in Atlanta. Like, he had a house in Atlanta and all that, so he, he was frequent. So um, I was already living in Atlanta, so I said, well, why don't we just set up a release party for the project and have people come through, have some media, you know, come listen to it, had a family come, you know, make it a, make it a whole thing. So, you know, Bob came through Bobby Jr. His cousins is there. Uh, Bob's brother is there. Like everybody's there. But this is the time when Bobby Christina was going through her thing. She was, she was in that coma. Mm -hmm. Right. So the crazy part about it was, we had that event and once it was over, we were trying to figure out what we were going to do after. Mm -hmm. So I think everybody was kind of set on going to visit Bobby Christina in the hospice. And for some reason I said, well, why don't we just wait till tomorrow? You know, because everybody's here and, you know, Mm -hmm. drinking and having a good Mm -hmm. time. Like, you know, let's, let's just reset. Mm-hmm. You know, for tomorrow, let's you know we can go to a lounge or something tonight and and kick it, and that's what we did. We went to a little lounge and and we kicked it, and then lo and behold, the next day rolls around and she passes away. Oh wow! I didn't know you were going with that. Uh, yeah, and and that was the craziest moment I've seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, mm. and it was like it it was such an eye opener for me. I was just like. Wow, like it's I mean, anything can happen at any second. Mm-hmm. And and just the fact that we were literally talking about going to see her. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it really messed my mind up. Yeah. RIP Bobby Chrissy. Yeah, so RIP Chrissy. Um, let's get a little lighter note, man. Um 2017, you start doing a little acting. I did. Tad, I did. Tad, tad a little bit of acting. Yeah, yeah. You appeared on the BET yeah. series uh, from the bottom up. Yeah, that, was, that was cool. What was that experience like for you? So this this was interesting. So um, are you guys familiar with uh, Sarah Stokes from Making a Band? Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Making the man, you the, the white girl. Was that the white girl? Well, she wasn't white, but light skinned. Light skinned yeah, girl. Yeah, let's yeah, just yeah, say yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the whole thing with her and her husband, you know, doing going back and forth and stuff. She had a lot of crazy mess going oh, yeah. on. Mm-hmm. But um, super cool chick. Mm-hmm. Still cool with her uh, to this day. But at that time, she was working on her new project, and I had produced a record for her called Sneak Peek uh, that featured Babs. From making a band as well. I don't know her. I'm thinking about uh, the girl from uh, the, the female group that he had that he put together. Oh, you're talking about uh, uh, Danity Kane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm okay. About, okay. Uh, yeah, my bad. Um, so I had I had produced sneak peek for them, and um, 
at the time, she was telling me that she had signed on to do this reality show called mm-hmm. From the Bottom Up. And I think uh, Nikki Gilbert was the producer mm-hmm. of that show. So basically, they wanted to show her in her music element, um, you know, because there was a lot of drama going on. Mm-hmm. So I guess they just wanted to show her in a different light. Mm-hmm. So basically, um, they filmed this in the studio. We had a, a pretty, pretty long studio scene um, in, that, in that show, um, just kind of working on Sneak Peek. Mm-hmm. So kind of like showing the creation of the record, which was cool because I, I was happy that she got that look because everything right. else was just so drama filled. I'm like, let's just focus on the music. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that, that was a cool experience. That's what's up. Now, you in music now. You still do music currently. I just want to ask your opinion, man. Do you think people care about the music more or do you think they care about the person more? Because it seemed like now... It depends on how popular you is compared to how good the music is. I hear a lot of underground artists who got make some good music, yeah. but people don't care. But if you out here dating the right person or you know following the trends that's going on, music don't be that good, but you pop. How do you feel about yeah, it? Yeah, there is a lot of that. I feel like there, that's what there, it is. There is a lot of that. But I also feel like, Sometimes p- people put themselves in, in certain predicaments that they really shouldn't be in. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I think like a lot of times people want to get on so bad that mm-hmm. they'll do any and everything or or they'll try to do some clickbait stuff or mm-hmm. they'll try to do some clout chasing stuff to get some attention, thinking that that's going to help. But Damn, really it kind of damages you in a way because now that's all people are focused on around your name your name yeah you know what i mean so like i never really been one for that like my whole thing is let the work speak for itself let the craft speak for itself and mm-hmm. always try to get better at it and perfect it more and more but do you think that works nowadays though i i think so like i i think but but you know everybody ain't for everybody though right mm. you know what i mean that's that's a point too like, I, I I think the artists that don't display themselves on social media a lot, those are the ones who where fans actually follow their journey through their music because they don't. But the right. ones who kind of show themselves like every day doing something, whether it's showing it kind of waters arms, you down, smoking, yeah, they got to live up to these expectations every day. So now not only they got to deliver music, but it's like. They they gotta show you stuff every day. But they're not Just, the ones. But uh, but you know what? Yeah. This I, I think nowadays people lost the art of mystique. Right. Back in the day, it was a lot of that because yeah. it wasn't that many platforms, mm-hmm. right? So you had to have some type of mystique until they actually saw you in person, like whether it was a concert, whether yeah. it was an in store, or Jay Leno, or, or you know yeah. something like that. Mm-hmm. Like if you didn't see them there, then. Like you was assuming that they they might have been one way. Right. I'll give you an example, right? Black makes some of the best music out there, yeah. but he ain't really he he has you know what I mean. He yeah. ain't popped like Drake or a, somebody like that yet. You know he he's gonna do. He just what he's dropped the album, do. right? Yeah. But it, it, it to me it flew on the radar. Still, you know what I mean. It ain't yeah. like he was everywhere. He has that mystique. He's you know what I'm saying, but. If he was out here dating somebody, he would be through the roof. You see what I'm saying? And that's the funny yeah. part. That's the crazy. He, he with, with how good his music is. 
No, his that? his music is great. I I, yeah. I love it. It's it's funny. I'm yeah. I'm friends with his family too. Yeah. Like, like his music his is mom, amazing. dad, all that. Yeah. But um, he's he's dope. It's it's I think um, with him specifically, I think he likes it that way. I believe that because he's he's one of those artists to me that like he doesn't he doesn't want to. Uh, take away the essence of his music mm-hmm. or compromise that. Mm-hmm. Like he kind of just moves his own way. Right. And I'm the same way. Like I don't I don't really fall into what people are saying I should be doing or or what they want me to do. Like mm-hmm. I do what I feel is right for me. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I you mean if you if you like yeah staying mm-hmm. true to yourself. If mm-hmm. if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. But yeah. but again, every artist isn't for everybody either. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, you so, know, with, with somebody like Black, like he has a cult fan base. But I mm-hmm. think he's for everybody. His music is. Yeah. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like his, and I, I don't know. But, but, but I get but, what you but, you, yeah. but you know, this is another thing, yeah. though. You got to look at it this way. He's on a label that their biggest act right now is Summer Walker. Facts. Yeah. Right. Right? Right. She, she's still she a little mystique. No. Some hot though, bro. No, she hot though, but she ain't. Like she don't even like doing shows. She like she like the modern day Monica. No, someone don't even like doing shows, bro. But well, uh, well, yeah. I see. I think he's in a tough position actually because she's the biggest act on the label, mm-hmm. right? They got songs together and all that. You know, they label mates. Mm-hmm. But I think because they put so much behind her. That he kind of gets the short end of the stick mm-hmm. a little bit, budget wise. Yeah, like mm-hmm. the budget might not be the biggest. Resources might not always come his way, mm-hmm. you know. But but also he's he's also been winning because he has a great audience that he can always tour. He got a cult mm-hmm. following, and he he mm-hmm. you know he can do what he needs to do. He's he gonna go platinum, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But I think. You know, but, but then again, like he's to me, he's a reclusive sometimes because he don't even do a lot of interviews. Yeah. So he that's, he likes that. That's mystique. what I'm saying. But I will let me, let me tell both of y'all this though. It's it's two artists to me that they they you know kind of quilted themselves throughout their career, but some kind of way, like Alicia Keys. She was like that. She didn't come in in the stream or nothing. She came in when you had to go to the store and buy the album. She don't count. Yeah, she came in a different time. She came in a different time. Yeah. She, she came in Okay, okay, 90s. I got one. I got one. I got one for you. Her. Yeah, she Her is very dope, but it's like she she she, she one came in step with that away mystique. from getting huh? to that. Yeah, she has that mystique, but she ain't she ain't doing them Beyonce numbers yet. I'm talking about pop, like really pop. Like her is dope. I'm going to twist them yeah, on yeah. all levels, but well, like, see, that's the thing. They're never gonna put anybody else on a Beyonce pedestal. But she can at least right. get to a hmm, Re, uh, no, not Rihanna either. That's, I but, agree with you on that. They somewhat different, you know. I mean, but you know, at the end of the day, it's 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 they, with them folks. There you <laughs> want, go. Yeah. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> it's all right, about right, what right. them folks want. Yeah, um, you know, it, like we could have the best records, you know, and it is just like. If it ain't them championing it, it doesn't matter. See, this some Kanye shit right here. This is what Kanye was talking about, man. You know, like, I mean, but if you really look at it, like, I mean, why do you think the Grammys is 
why the Grammys is mm-hmm. how is how it's formulated. Yeah, it's not designed for for the for the greatest artists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's every, not. Yeah, every now and then they get it right. Every now and then, you know, but but sometimes they only now and then get it right because mm-hmm. they have to throw in something. Yeah, they have to because yeah. if they don't, then. Is it, I mean, I wish it would been, have been a situation to where more artists is, is boycotting, mm-hmm. because if that if all artists that attend the Grammys and they've won and blah blah blah, if they actually boycotted the Grammys, they would be done. Yeah, yeah, they would have to make sure they get it right and put some yeah black faces on the panels for the emotions. Yeah. But, speak, but speaking of these artists, let me ask you how how was it uh, working with SZA? Like, how did y'all connect? You know, um, that that came about so randomly, right? Um, I remember I was in LA, okay. and uh, anybody that's like in LA, you know, the the, the studio, mm-hmm. I guess, culture out there, yeah, it's like studio houses out there. It's like a whole facility with 10 different studio rooms in, in one building, mm-hmm. so everybody's just hopping from studio to studio. Yeah. And um, basically, that's what I was doing. Like, I was just hopping from studio to studio, seeing who was there, mm-hmm. who needed what, who, who's collaborating on what. Because um, at the time, uh, I was actually signed to Atlantic. Okay. Um, I had a publishing deal with them. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, pretty much just trying to find what project fitted me, mm-hmm. right? And um, she was working on stuff with TDE and... and um, I think at the time we were at uh, Midway Studios mm-hmm. out in LA, and um, TDE, TDE had a session over there. Uh, SZA, uh, Schoolboy Q, and um, I think um, I think JID might have been there. I think I'm not too sure, but I, but I know Schoolboy and, and SZA was there. And mm-hmm. It was just vibing out, and I played her some stuff and. You know, she just kind of liked the vibe, you know, because I, I like more like, I guess, cinematic, dreamy, melodic type production. Yeah, right. So that was kind of her bag. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we just kind of connected that way. And, you know, she did a couple of records with me. Yeah, she did a very dope artist. Yeah, she dope. Like you, let's, let's get to the current stuff. Yeah. Currently got out the EP. Um, I guess self-entitled, basically, Gipping Worthy. Gipping Worthy. Um, how did that pairing come about? Interesting story. So one night um, I was in my studio mm-hmm. and I was working with Corrupt. And uh, Corrupt was living in Atlanta at the time. Mm-hmm. And he was rec- usually recording at my studio. Mm-hmm. And um, we were working on this record called Top of the World. And literally I had just finished um, recording the hook. So that's T-O-T-W. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's mm-hmm. what that is. Mm-hmm. And um, he recorded his first verse and he, he walked out the booth and he asked me, what do you think about putting Big Gip on his record? Which it, that was kind of random so to me. Gip and Corrupt, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. They, they've been cool for years. So he just asked you. So he just randomly asked yeah. me. And I, I had never met Gip before yeah. yet. Uh, I mean, we probably met in passing, like, you know, in other places, but we never mm. formally met. Mm. And uh, Corral was like, yeah, what, what you think about putting Big Gip on this record? And I'm like, that's different, right? Mm-hmm. And, and this style of record, I never really heard him on anything like that either. Mm-hmm. So that's what kind of intrigued me. Yeah. So he was like, all right, well, I'm, I'm going to call him. So he called him. 
get pulled up half an hour later. Oh, that's it. Yeah, just like that. Man. And he sat on the couch and wrote his verse right on the spot, just like that. And all three of us was on that record. Mm. So that was the first time we ever did anything together. That was the first time we met. All that, right? So two days later, Corrupt called me and Gip. He's like, hey, man, I'm, I got to go back to the West Coast. It's, it's, it's too cold over here. <laughs> I'm like, so I'm right. like, all right, well, I mean, what are we doing? We got all yeah. these records. Like, what's, what's up? We ain't heard from Corrupt in months wow. after that. He in, he in L.A. and in Vegas just doing random stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm like, you know, well, look, I, I ain't going to waste the record. Mm-hmm. So basically me and Gip, uh, we, we just kind of stayed in touch. Mm-hmm. We worked on other records together. We, we dropped a single called Night Drive. Then we dropped another single called TikTok. And then that's kind of what brought us together to create Gip and Worthy because we wanted to kind of make a full body of work um, you know, for the people, because at the time, TikTok had um, been nominated for a Grammy. So mm-hmm. coming off of that, we were like, well, you know, you might as well just do a whole project. Right. And, you know, I didn't want to do an album. Like, I kind of wanted just to walk people into mm-hmm. it. So I'm like, let's just do a short EP, you know, and, and go from there. So that's that's how we did it. Yeah, that's dope, man. What was, you said TikTok was nominated for a Grammy. What, what category? Oh, man. Uh... I want to say best R&B performance. Oh, that's what's up. Yeah. Um, one of the songs on that thing, well, one of the only features y'all have is 112. Yes. Yes. What made y'all get them, you know, um, 112, my childhood. So I, you know, I love the, 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 the feature. Uh, how did y'all get them on that record? So that's another funny story. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Basically, I had that 112 feature for like two years. Oh, like it was just kind of sitting in the tub. So you just yeah. had that in the club. Just yeah, I, I had that in, in, in the tub. <laughs> yeah. So that came about because I had a session with the singer Robin S. one night. Y'all know who Robin S. is? I've heard the name. But you, know, you know the song Show Me Love? The house dance song? I think. And I, you got to show me yeah. love. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, that's Robin yeah. S. Okay, dope. So I've been working with her for, for years. Mm-hmm. She okay. she records at my studio all the time. So me and her had a session one night, and um, Mike from 112 called me oh, and yeah, said, Mike. hey, you know, let's do some records. So I said, all right, well, come by the studio tonight. I got Robin S. here with me. So he pulled up, Slim pulled up with him. And I already had this track. It was nothing but acoustic guitar. And I had a demo uh, with my vocals on it already, just, just so he can kind of hear the, mm-hmm. the vibe. And um, basically, you know, Mike just sung, he sung the lead parts and, and you know, Slim did the backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of how that happened. And we just kind of left it in the tuck for a while because I really didn't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just kind of something we did. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but once... We started working on Gipping Worthy. I'm like, I need something that's going to be eye-opening, like something that's going to be different, catch people's attention, um, and just the sound of it. You know, I wanted something just just totally, totally different. So I pretty much reproduced the record. Um, you know, shout out to my my uh, co-producer, Ronell Sessoms, great musician. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, and that's how it came about. 
Mm, that, that's hard. Um, did Gippin Worthy do what you want? Did did it do perform the way that you and Gip wanted it to perform? It's been performing amazing. Cause I seen y'all post the chart and on yeah. one of y'all pages. I can't remember who it was. <laughs> I was like, dang, you did that. Like, yeah, I, I mean, out the was, gate, though. out the gate, we was top ten on Apple. Yeah, the, the day that of, was. the day yeah. of, which. Yeah. You know, and and we were just talking about this because it's hard to go top ten with a full project. Yeah, like most of the time, people are just dropping singles, and you know, it's it's easier to do it with a single, but with a body of work, it's much harder to do it like that. Yeah. So you know, we 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 did that. I mean, I mean, we've been top twenty on Shazam, uh, top twenty on Spotify charts. Um, man, it's it's been crazy. Damn. Yeah. Oh, anybody that you want to work with? Oh man, it's tons of them. My 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 bucket list is long. You, give me your top. <laughs> give me, okay, let's do this then. Let's make it easy. Top three people that you want to work with that you always wanted to work with. Hmm. Alive. Hmm. Well, definitely Ye. I'm a big Kanye fan. Really? So I I, I love I love Ye. So how you feel yeah. about his antics? You know, to be honest with you, um. I don't really see a lot of things wrong with what he says, to be honest with you. Like, I think sometimes people just get caught up in the delivery. Mm. But the context of what he's talking about or or the facts of what he's talking about, right. it's it's pretty spot on. Mm. When, when he when he talk about the music, I agree. But it, it didn't bother you when he had White Lives Matter shirt on at all? Just, well, as, a, just as a black man. Well, this is the thing. It didn't really bother me because people didn't bother to see what was on the back of the shirt. Which, on the back of the shirt, it was a long list of Jewish people that run this country and run the entertainment business that he was pretty much um, in defense of shutting them down. Yeah, but that's the... But in that case, he should have had all lives matter on the front. And then right. had that on the back. I, I think, but I, I, I think a lot of times too, he does that for shock value, and mm. he does that to get people's attention. Because if he would have led with the back of the shirt, nobody would have cared. Yeah, I, I just don't agree with him saying things like you know, trying to determine like how George Floyd died and stuff like that. But I mean, that's now a, that, that's a discussion. That, that was a little bit of a reach. Yeah, I, I agree with that. See, stuff yeah. like that, I can't. That I, I think sometimes like, like with him, he means well. I think he just, he's like, his, his answers are so sporadic and, and it comes to his mind so fast that he be trying to get it out and he don't say it the right way. So it'll sound like, like, uh, yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So I understand what you're saying about that. Yeah. Like it was kind of like, mm. yeah, I can't. We know. seen it, bro. We yeah. seen it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree with no, you I, on that. I agree with you. I would, Kanye West is one of the greatest musicians. No, I mean, I mean, musically, I mean, come on, you can't I even could, deny. I, see, I'm not one of the people. I can separate the music from the person. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. if you like Michael Jackson, I mean, I mean, greatest of all time. Greatest of all time. Yeah. So it's like I can separate the two. Um, that's one. Um, okay, Two. so yay. Uh, I'm a big uh, weekend fan. Love the weekend. Weekend. Yeah. Okay, that. I can see that one. Yeah, I love definitely can see that one. Yeah. Um, I think I know you're gonna say next, but go ahead. Hmm. That's a tough one. Um, no, the the top one. I got one in my head. <laughs> uh, 
You know what? I'm a big Frank Ocean fan. Oh, okay. Nah, I thought you were going to say Drake. <laughs> you know what? It's funny you right. say that. I actually already work with Drake. Oh yeah, on what? yeah. I've worked with Drake. I didn't see I've, that I've, one. I've worked with Drake uh, with Party Next Door. Really? Yeah. What yeah, song? This is this? early Party Next Door. Okay. Yeah. Do you know the song? Uh, I think it was on his. It was a self. Was it the self-titled pro- album he had? Uh, it was called Party Next Door. I think. Oh wow! But it had like uh, the the over here record on there and, okay. and the what's up record on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was it was uh, a record I worked on there on that project, mm-hmm. and wow. that was totally random too. Oh, I did not know that. <laughs> I did not see that one. I, I didn't see that yeah, one. Yeah, that. That's... Wikipedia, you need to update that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, real, that... real cool. Let me just ask this question: Did you? Did you? Is it true you had a chance to work with DMX? Nah, nah, I have not worked with DMX, uh, but. I had a chance to work with Dragon, mm. okay, and okay. Uh, in Swiss Beats, mm. and um, it's funny because I, I think people thought that I worked with DMX, right, right, like right. Uh, years ago because okay. um, I was in New York f- uh, for like when I moved to Atlanta, mm-hmm. I had went back to New York for a short period of time, and um, I was doing some work up there, and and I was trying to do some work with Rough Riders, okay, and I had met DMX. Okay. Um, and I, I had gave him like a beat pack, and he liked a couple of the tracks. Yeah. But we never really had a chance to get in the studio to and get work. Gotcha. So I think, like, I think we took a picture together or something, and, and people just kind of like, "Oh, he worked with DMX." I'm like, yeah, yeah. "We ain't get to do it." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would have been hard though. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. But you could, yeah, yeah. DMX, man, he was one of my favorites, man. Yes, sir. So what you got going on now? What's some of the things you got coming up? Some of the stuff you have coming up? Man, in the I got future? a lot, man. Of, of course, Gipping Worthy. You know, we pushing that. Mm-hmm. Um. TV shows, uh, films that I'm working on, uh, a lot of scoring for films that I'm doing. Uh, actually, Gip has a TV show coming out called On Ten, really, uh, okay. with um, uh, Man Robinson. That's coming. I think it's coming out on BET this summer. Okay. okay. So we actually have two of our records on that show. Okay. Okay. That's so up. that's that's pretty dope. Um, and I'm actually working on my documentary right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what? James Worthy doc. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I I, I think. Uh, it's it's gonna be interesting, you know. People have been asking about that for quite some time, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, just to kind of understand, you know, my backstory and and you know how I really um, transitioned from that nerdy kid to becoming a successful producer to a successful artist. Like, not an easy thing to do, right? You know what I mean? But I, I think, um, you know, because I've been through so many ups and downs in this game and just in life. I think it'll be an interesting story for people to see because so many people have come in the fold mm-hmm. uh, throughout my journey. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's going to be hot. Man, that's what's sure, up, man. You got anything else, G, over there? Man, we'd like to thank you for coming through. Nah, I appreciate y'all, Giving man. us some of these old school <laughs> stories, man. Sure. And, and uh, man, thank you again. Anytime you want to come through, we here, bro. Man, much love to y'all, man. I love y'all platform, man. Y'all, y'all doing y'all Thank thing. Thank you, sir. We try, appreciate man. that, man. Yes, sir. It's Bad Speakers Podcast, your boy Shark. It's your boy G Downs. And you know what? We are out. Yes, sir. Yay. Hey there. Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. 
Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before.